Welcome to Just Throw, a disc golf conversation with the Puttheads. We're glad to be back recording again. Today's show was recorded in a hotel room, so the audio quality isn't normal studio level. But we think you'll enjoy the show anyway. We're also joined, in person, by a very special guest. A familiar voice, perhaps. Our good friend Tim from Mind Body Disc. Together, we're talking about road trips. What's up, disc golfers? Disc Golf Chris here, and we're joined with Rodney. What's up? And our favorite podcast co-host, Tim. Hey. Some of you might recognize Tim from Mind Body Disc. Rodney and Tim and I are all on a disc golf road trip. We uh, were met down in Indiana, and we just played the course in Valparaiso today. Rogers Lakewood. Rogers Lakewood. That's supposed to be the highest rated course uh, according to what was a disc golf scene or disc golf scene yeah. disc golf scene so we're on a road trip and uh, if you haven't seen by the title by now this podcast is about disc golf road trips disc golf yeah. road trips coming at you live from the Red Roof Inn in beautiful Valparaiso <laughs> that's right so we're in Merrillville yeah. Merrillville yeah we're in Merrillville so you might feel, hear a few uh, horns honking some random noises, noises. yeah doors large metropolitan centers in Indiana <laughs> it's uh, been pretty jumping around here we passed like 20 gas stations along the way so you know it's popular right and the hotel attendant knows what disc golf is she did <clears throat> she asked us what brought us into town and we said disc golf and they smiled and said oh it's pretty popular she said where'd you play in Belpo today and we we assumed she'd say what the heck is disc golf <laughs> they right. knew what it was right she didn't ask me anything except for money uh, <laughs> So we gotta that. talk him up a little bit. I guess so. Yeah. Be a little nicer. Yeah, maybe okay. maybe that's downfall there. Maybe. I should go back and try again. Yeah. But then you might want more money. This is true. <laughs> yeah, I should not get more money. That would be bad. That'd be bad. Uh, we don't I don't have any hotel choosing tips because I hardly ever stay in a hotel. Well, I think the red roof inn's pretty good. Seems good. Yeah. yeah. So far. I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> We uh we've been planning this trip for a while, but we didn't uh we didn't really do much hotel research. We just kind of got online and hey, that looks like a good hotel. We picked a hotel that was uh, somewhat close to Crown Point because we're going to Lemon Lake tomorrow, and uh, Merrillville seemed what about halfway between Valparaiso right. and Lemon Lake. Right about yeah, perfectly. Yeah. So, yeah, I just got done eating a massive burger. Yeah, that was a huge burger with mac and cheese on it. it had Gouda cheese, macaroni and cheese. Uh, what else? Giant strips of bacon. Yeah, a big huge onion, onion ring on top. So this this was burger good. was called the Redenbacher. Yes. The Redenbacher. Yes, after after uh, the Orville Redenbacher of uh, popcorn fame. Yeah, oddly enough, we're we were walking to the restaurant, and uh, there's this sculpture statue, whatever you want to, of, of a man, and Tim says. Hey, that looks like Orville Redenbacher. And we said, huh, that's funny. So we kept walking, didn't realize. But apparently there's something about Valparaiso and Orville Redenbacher and popcorn. I don't know. It's on Wikipedia. Which we soon found out when Tim and Rodney ordered the Redenbacher burger. Right. I don't know why it was called that. Did he invent macaroni and cheese on a burger, too? Maybe it used to be popcorn and it wasn't popular, so they just replaced it with mac That'd and cheese. Be awful. <laughs> 
terrible. It was a delicious burger. Though. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I get. You know, one tip for me when I go on disc golf trips is, uh, and, and I'm glad that we didn't eat at like a McDonald's or a Burger King. Is you know find that local flavor in the town, and, and we just kind of ended up looking on Yelp and finding a good burger place. But that was uh, that was worthwhile to stop there for sure. So and we did the same thing when we went to Flip City last year. We went to like a little local pub. That's right. And mm-hmm. had some pretty good food there as well. So. Uh, for those of you who know, this is our second annual, uh, what do we call it, the Disc Golf Blogger Summit Road Trip. You make it sound a lot more elegant than I, <laughs> we just say Disc Golf Road Trip. <laughs> That's right. Otherwise known as take a couple days off to go play disc golf at a place you don't normally play. Right. Yeah. Uh, second annual, I like the sound of that, because that implies that hopefully there'll be a third annual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last year was fun. We played Flip City in Shelby, Michigan. I really enjoyed that course. Uh, what did you guys think? And of... then Tim, on the way home, tried to play, what, Bluegill? Bluegill, yeah. And that I was wasn't able to, though. Closed. And wasn't there another one that you tried to play? You ran into a stream of bad uh, luck? I ran into a stream of the PDGA app being absolutely wrong on the disc golf oh. courses that were available. <laughs> and open. I went to a, drove out of the way to a, what was on the, oh, it's, a, it's on a ski hill. That's cool. So mm-hmm. I went and I pulled up and the lady at the office said, we haven't had disc golf here in like three or four years. So, oh, you went to... Uh, it was Timber Ridge. We played it? Timber Ridge. Yeah, it was Timber Ridge. We played that. They only set that up for the uh, amateur championship every several years. The PDG app does not say that. Oh, that's too bad. That was... Yeah, I enjoyed that, but that was brutal. You mm-hmm. you went up, you worked your, your way up the hill, and then you got the joy of throwing down, but then the pain of going back up the hill. I mean, there's a reason they invented ski lifts. Yeah, I <laughs> Well, I thought that's how it was going to be, is that you right. take the ski lift up to the top and then play down. Oh, that'd be great. I didn't get to play at all, so I guess it was on there. Yeah. There were a couple of discs that actually hit the ski lifts. Right. They had the big poles that were in the way frequently, the big yep. supports for the ski lift. Yeah, and Blue, Bluegill, I've heard, is very nice, but I guess it's semi-private. You have to call the guy. Yeah, you got to uh, call the guy. So I, I called him when I, I, I tried to find it on the map, and you end up going back through these country roads, and it's like you're driving through private, I mean, you are driving through private property. And you end up going back through the woods and whatnot and really wondering if you're in the right place. And I finally found the right place and uh, gave the guy a call, ended up leaving him a message. Didn't feel right just getting out and playing, even though I probably could have. Right. Um, and then uh, so I went and got some lunch and uh, he, he called me back a couple hours later. And at that point, I just decided to get back on the road and go back home. So um, I never really got to play, which unfortunately, because it's supposed to be one of the best courses in the in the state, so yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they like that better than Flip City. So yeah, I don't know. Flip City was pretty awesome. What did you guys think about Flip, Flip City? You know, I I liked it a lot. I, looking back, there were a lot of memorable holes. I was telling Chris that after we played it, I didn't feel like it was worthy of the number one rating, but I guess I had really high expectations. Okay. So I played a lot of really nice golf courses. Right. So I think when you talk about uh, Arcadia Bluffs or uh, Forest Dunes in Michigan, these really high-end golf courses where there's not a piece of grass out of place. Right. You know, you kind of get this mindset of, of that. So, but thinking back, there were, there's at least 10 of the 24 holes that are absolutely memorable in mm-hmm. the city. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic. Very difficult course the first time through because you're not really understanding what you should do on a hole. Yeah. Um, so if you do play there, I guess the playing conservative first time through, 
would be a good thing. I tried. It didn't even work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I think I, I, I liked it. There were a lot of unique and different types of holes. It was very challenging. The couple things I didn't like were there were a couple of holes I, just, I simply didn't like. There was the one hole that went up the hill that was covered in tree roots, and it was very tight. Uh, it, the fairway wasn't tight. It's just there wasn't much place to land because right. anywhere you hit, you could roll off. And <clears throat> I didn't like that hole, and I, I didn't like how – there wasn't much of a risk reward factor going for the um, going for the uh, long putts or even short putts because there there were so many slopes and ridges, which I know some people argue well that's what makes it flip city. Right. I, I like I like it when there's an option to play it safe and go for par or go for a, go for a birdie with a chance of a an extra putt in there and get, ended up getting a bogey. But it seemed like almost every putt I had was a very risky putt. Even if I was five feet away, yeah. if I just barely missed the basket, I could roll 10, 20 feet away. Or that was frustrating. Or yeah, and maybe uh, that's just a matter of, you know, I got to get better at putting actually hit the chains. I but. think that's the style. So you have to <laughs> yeah, know when to lay up. Tim, Tim's really good at uh, <laughs> nice layups. And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, as shown today, um, I don't lay up. Maybe I should have. There were several times where I donked off the top of the basket and it, Glided over and rolled, and I had a four putt today. Although the second one, after my first putt, it was more of a throw than a putt. It went so <laughs> far away. But well, we the the course in Valparaiso, uh, Rogers Lake Lakewood. Rogers Lakewood. Rogers Lakewood had the Innova where they disc catchers. That's yeah. the, mm-hmm. the ones with the big yellow bands at the top, which Rodney just informed me today, are is called the bogey bar, and that just makes it extremely. Extremely frustrating because when you actually do have a bad putt that hits it, you hear this real loud dong, and sometimes the uh, the disc will bounce even harder off of that than something just to, to roll away a little more out of there. Yeah, uh, had several of those today. What'd you guys think of Rogers Lakewood today? I liked it. Um, yeah. I, I I still think I, I like our home course better. I like Flip better. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess if I'm going to compare it to other courses, there's always going to be something I like better. Sure. In general, I liked it. It was long and challenging. Um, there was a lot of thick rough, and well, we spent a lot of time looking for discs. We did. Yeah. Did we, how many? We ended up losing one disc. We ended up. I lost my. We abandoned one. Yeah. We abandoned one. We the the one that we searched for the longest was the uh, the Rock Three. Yeah, my DX Rock Three, uh, on a shot that shouldn't have been lost. We we thought we knew exactly where it was. I don't know, we searched for a long time, which I don't know about you guys, but I kind of welcomed the break at that point anyway. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was kind of nice, but then it... That was what, whole 19, whole yeah. 20, something yep. like that? It was just getting uh, annoying. We were all annoyed that we couldn't find this thing. I went back and threw a different Rock 3. You guys watched right where it landed, and I threw it almost exactly the same. We were sure it was in that area. So right uh, I don't even know what, what made me think, but I started kind of crawling around on the ground, and I looked in this big drain culvert, and there was a yellow disc in there. It looked like a mid-range. So, it was uh, back there. It was, it was a good five feet back there. Right. We couldn't so reach it. Tim grabbed a, a stick and used his long arms to pull that out. And sure enough, that was my rock three. The stupid thing about this there. was the, the opening actually faced away from the fairway. Right. So the only way for yeah, it to get in there, going in there, it would have had to have hit and then rolled down the hill and rolled into in the there. opening. It was insane. So uh, if you ever play there, number 19, look in the... You might get a freebie. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. You found one disc. 
while yeah, we were looking for that. did find one while we were looking for that. Uh, and then on the, the Toboggan Hill, the downhill 14, something like that. Yeah, um, 14. My Ballista, I got a good rip on it, and then it tipped toward the end and went into the woods, and we thought we knew where it was, but it wasn't right. there. Never found that. I found a found a star wraith while we were looking for a it. Mi- so I got a midnight one. purple star wraith. He finds yeah. that, but not yeah, his white <laughs> ballista. Yeah, white ballista with a bright orange stamp and a second bright green stamp. Can't right. find that thing. With his midnight purple uh, wraith that you had to throw a forty foot shot with a stick to hit. <laughs> uh, that's pretty impressive. Which I was impressed you hit it on the second try. The second try, right. <laughs> let's let's be fair. We've had a lot of practice lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think we both threw one up in a pine tree at the uh, Toboggan Hill off yes. of uh, Birchfield, our home course. The other course. day, yep. <laughs> yeah, so we... There's a technique to throwing a stick on this vertical trajectory. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you warn people before you throw. <laughs> yeah, step one. Don't be near. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed the course today. Uh, playing it twice through in the same day, just like Flip City. Um, definitely start, fatigue starting to set in. Um, the hills kind of yep. talk to you after a little bit. There were a lot of blind baskets. Like There were a lot of holes yeah. where you couldn't see where the basket was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice mix. There were a lot of lucky holes, righty holes, uh, big, long, open downhill, big, open uphill. So, that, I mean, that was kind of nice. It was a good mix yeah. of holes between the 20, 24 holes. 24, yeah. Yep. So that that was kind of nice. Um, it's pretty. It was very pretty. There was some yeah. elevation enough to make it. You know, the changes made it. You could see some yeah. some areas where you got a great view, and other areas that you were just surrounded by woods. Well, I'd say at least what maybe half the holes you can't see the basket from the tee. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. It makes it hard to play for your first time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that added to the walking because we right. one of us went up and spotted. Not only that, but there's there's what two to three different uh, pin placements, mm-hmm. and yes. not every the basket would change places, so you had to know where it was. And we didn't have a course map, so we had to go walk and figure out where it was. Yeah. That's yeah. one nice thing I like about. It. I wish that they had had there are a lot of courses that have multiple basket placements where they'll have something on the T sign. It actually shows you they'll either move a pin or a screw something, or yeah. something so they show you where today particular black passing equipment is. I think that's a it's a pretty easy course amenity to add. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have made you know today's round a little bit more enjoyable. Although I would say that you know aesthetically the course is nice. They had some cool tee pads. Yeah. They had some nice little bridges. It seemed, mm-hmm. seemed relatively well maintained for a you know a dedicated disc golf park, which was nice. Um, you know we weren't. Other than the, I don't know what was that like, some kind of kids jamboree camp or something. Oh yeah, as well. oh yeah. <laughs> um, Chris was Chris Chris had to go herd children today. At some point, Rodney and I hung back while he went, "Hey kids, get off my lawn." <laughs> that was um, pretty impressive. <laughs> oh, they didn't listen to you. Uh, no, they didn't. For a while. Yeah, I yelled yeah. a couple of times. I started waving my hands. I like like they're geese or something. I started waving <laughs> well, my hands. Get there are boys rolling down a hill. They're not looking at you, but they. Well, yeah, they pay less attention to geese. Right. <laughs> The uh, counselor or daycare personnel or whoever it was hollers down and they they whistled. They had a whistle. In charge of supervision. Yeah. Whistled at them. They used an actual whistle. So that's something we need to add to the disc golf bag. Yeah. Just for no reason. Well, in case there's kids on, just break the whistle. Get out of my way, kids. Yes. Uh, But uh, a couple, that specific hole was really tough. Mm -hmm. You've got a a tee pad and you, Distance-wise, you really want to get a lot on this disc. I don't know. That was what four four hundred plus, yeah. And uh, usually four fifty. 
what would you call that? 35, 40 feet off the tee. There's two yeah. trees that are less Not than even 10 that foot apart. Far. No, 25 I mean, a, feet maybe. Yeah, it was it was 20, yeah, it was 20, 30 feet off the front of the tee, and, and there was no way if you didn't hit the gap, you hit a tree. It wasn't just two trees that were goalposts. I mean, there were trees on either side. Yeah. And I think, you know, Chris, you cleared it. You hit the gap both times. I think well, Rodney I and I hit trees both times. Right. That on. Yep. Um, it's just, I don't know that that's, too, I mean, the, the gap was no wider than the tee pad. Yep, so to right. have that type of a gap, 30, maybe 40 feet off the front of the tee pad that you have to hit where you're trying to throw full power, um, mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily like that all that much. I, so. I didn't like that. Then that was pretty stressful, honestly. And then once you even got out of the opening, then suddenly it was wide open. There, there's woods along the right side, but it's almost as if that was the only obstacle right. on the entire hole. Other than the, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but that had some kind of trenches up and down. Obviously, mm-hmm. you notice while you're walking, but did you I think those the, those are the toboggan trenches. Right. right. But did you notice the trick that that played on your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a common golf course architecture thing is to use these uh, hills and whatnot. And they go down and then back up, and it makes your eyes think it's shorter than it actually is. And they, I think both of you guys threw a shot that I thought was going to be mm-hmm. right next mm-hmm. to the pin, and it was a hundred and some short. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty right. insane. I, I threw my buzz OS on a hyzer, and I thought that I threw it too hard, and I was expecting it to go about 50 feet past, and it ended up falling about 10, 15 feet short. Right. I, I mean, it actually turned out to be good. I just turned out really well I accidentally threw it too hard. Mm-hmm. I was just underestimating the holes. The second time around, I, I used, uh, instead of a mid, a fairway mm-hmm. from a, almost a similar spot. Mm-hmm. And, and I got there that time. But Well, I think we started off the second round. I mean, geez, we were, after seven or eight holes, we were eight strokes better, eight throws yeah. better than we were the, the first round. So right. yeah. second round was definitely a little bit more enjoyable that way. So. Yeah, it, it always helps to go through it the first time. Um, I mean, the, the first hole you're throwing over water. Actually, the well, what we consider maybe five out of the first six holes felt like a sidearm's dream. Yeah, yeah there was a lot. Of, like it seemed like the first half of the course almost was like, okay, the basket's up on the right, the basket's up on right. the right, the basket's way up on the right. You know, the problem is, is it, it was it was a little too far from my sidearm. Mm-hmm. It was out there, um, and so Tim and I were trying to throw turnovers, and I, we were making it work the first time around. But I think the second time around. Um, we I still kind of stuck with the turnover for the most part, but you knew a little more about where to go with it. But yeah, the first hole you're throwing this turnover over water. Uh, that's a nice start. And then the the second basket, uh, you throw a turnover in, and then you've got a putt, and the water is no more than what ten feet behind the basket. Right. So. That's a rough start right there. It's probably one of the, about my favorite holes in the course, though. Is that I like that one. You've got the the skate park on the left-hand side, so yep. you couldn't go left, and then you've got the water and the trees on the right-hand side. And again, it was like another basket you can't see from the tee. You can't see. There's a canopy over, so you can't just jar one in in there, uh, some sort of hyzer bomb or, yeah. you know, that that was a, a thinking man's hole. I, I like mm-hmm. that one. I think we all... Um, made a different play the second time around than we the, did the first time, so yeah. it completely changed what we what we did there. So yeah. kind of fun. Uh, some other I'm trying to think of the uh, the the twenty fourth hole, the final hole. Yeah. Had the uh, I don't know, it's a hanging basket. Hanging basket um, in some sort of like a almost a gateway. Yeah. Range. But uh, if you went long, it it's a drop downhill. Off. Uh, so you're you're gonna charge that putt. 
miss it. Cool too. The hanging desk it was stationary, so it was nice and stiff. Yes. So it wasn't like swinging yeah. around. And if I played in somewhere, there's a hanging basket that's literally hanging. It's <laughs> right. Swinging all over the place. Twenty mile an hour wind. Yeah. So it was, it was stationary, which was nice. And I was very impressed that they found probably the the best use for the turbo cut disc. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe the only use for the turbo cut disc. <laughs> Where they had that na- had it nailed up above the basket with the basket number on it, number twenty four, and and uh, so that that was interesting that they had that. But um, and I, I don't see too many people throwing those. Although I was at the, one of my local tournaments recently, and it looks like Quest is making discs again. They are. So, so actually, they we did us. a review of the Turbo Putt a while back. Quest commented on the Turbo Putt review. Was it three months ago? Yeah. Saying that they've made another one that is supposed to be PDJ approved, and mm-hmm. it sounds like it's not yet approved, but it's two spec. And I got one on Amazon to try it, and I will say I was thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, they've made some changes to it. They, I think they've got, because uh, they, they actually, they manufacture right on the house. Okay. Oh, so really? okay. when they first came out, it's pretty interesting, they came out with these they were doing two-piece discs, mm-hmm. kind of similar to MVP. Okay. But it wasn't like MVP at all. It was a clear plate that was kind of brittle plastic, and then it was this soft rubber outer portion. And these things flew like dog doo-doo. <laughs> um, but they tested at my home course. So they would go out, and they would go out on that course, and they would just throw these discs, and then they would just leave them all out there. So you go out to the course, and there's, there's 50 discs on the course, that literally nobody picked up and took because they were just so <laughs> yeah, bad. Awesome. So there's, our course is just littered with with uh, plastic from these guys. And then I remember um, at one point I owned an Odyssey. I don't know yeah. what happened to it. Well, they had the the, the had dimple one. technology they did, and then they did right. the Raging Inferno and these like super lightweights. I had I had I threw a Raging Inferno when it was Quest and Gateway when they coupled together. Mm-hmm. I had a Raging Inferno that was I actually enjoyed that disc quite a bit. Yeah, you could get to that. That was a, a long disc, and then the nice thing, at least what I've seen now, it looks like they've actually got some decent plastic. So it looks mm-hmm. like they went to like okay. a Champion plastic blend now, where before they had some kind of kind of sketchy. Not not mm-hmm. great plastic and really just awful colors. I mean, yeah, right. Say, hey, design me a disc that I can't find. You know, and that that's what they did. <laughs> they were tan and right. And I got a couple of them. I got a T-bone that's a little bit off white. Actually, I like yeah. the T-bone, but the off white and the plastic was just just mm-hmm. awful. Chris says, I think each iteration of the Raging Inferno. I have all but one. So there's supposedly I think there's three iterations of it. There's the original Inferno, which was just Quest. And then there's the Raging Inferno, which was Quest and Gateway. And then when they separated, they came out with the classic Inferno. Okay. And I have two of those three. And the, one of them was the Inferno DT. That's the one with the dimples. Mm-hmm. I have that one. There's, But there's there's one more. I have one more, and I don't really know what run it is. <laughs> but I think I have, like, four Raging Infernos or Infernos, Raging Infernos. And they're... The the one that the Quest Gateway Raging Inferno was an excellent disc. It just the plastic was awful and it broke down. Uh, the other two were actually pretty disappointing, um, but I, I still need to get get a hold of the Classic Inferno. I've heard mixed reviews on that, but I, I might actually like that one. There you go. Yeah, it's just you know one more of the many 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 disc golf companies that are out there now. So yeah, uh, I do agree though. I, I the the new plastic that the um, the turbo putt is in. I do like that better. It's it's a gummier plastic. It's almost like a gummy champion. It's um it's decent. Um I I think the uh the new turbo putt, I don't think that's 
I don't think it's going to be very worthwhile, but I, I do want to try some of their other discs right. that they have out there. It might be decent. And I think that falls into the uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should category of yeah. discs. So mm-hmm. um, they always were kind of, I don't know if gimmicky is the right word, but I mean, hey, good on them for trying something different and trying new stuff, which is yeah. great. Um, I mean, you never know. You could, they could have made that disc and it just been knocked it out of the park and people love yeah. it. That's the tough thing, right? If, if you do something different and new and it's awesome, you're innovative. If you right. do something new and different and it sucks, you're gimmicky and uh, I can't believe you tried that stupid thing. So, yeah, give them some kudos for trying some different stuff, I guess. Well, I remember everybody knocking on, I mean, just really knocking hard on MVP, saying it's just a gimmick and that doesn't really work and that's not good. And now you've got Innova makes a couple of discs like that. And you've mm-hmm. got Lat64 makes three discs that are over more. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting people just knock stuff because it's, it's new. Different. And then uh, all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not that bad after all. So, right. It's, uh, it's some cool stuff. So, it's definitely worth trying at least. Yeah, I, you know, I've been wanting to put an MVP disc in my bag because I've heard, um, I threw some MVP before when they first came out, and it wasn't bad. It, it, the plastic's a little slick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from what I've been, from what I've heard, the the gyro technology or whatever yeah. they call it makes for great rollers. So I guess they've come out um, with some longer distance understable uh, drivers. Yeah, they're supposed to be newer stuff. Is, yeah. like real nice rollers that just go straight because once they get up on edge, they that outer weight will kind of keep them going straight instead of having it curl off. So okay. I've got to I've got to pick one of those up and see. I recently added a, a clash to my bag. I realized I needed a, a fairway driver that was a little more stable, and I I enjoy that a lot. I I've never felt personally that the gyro technology has made a big difference as far as distance but the flight when i the, when i throw the clash it's a very very pure flight could just be the mold or it could be the gyro technology but i enjoy it it's a it's a great disc nice yeah and then it's it's uh have what, what do you know what plastic it's in because i know that they come out with some kind of softer grippier plastic neutron. i'm not sure yeah. Let's, I, I got it right here I'm pretty sure it's neutron it's this one yeah okay. i think you're right so we're I, we brought our discs in because we didn't trust uh, we didn't trust our cars out in the parking lot. We didn't know somebody would break in and steal all the discs, so we brought them all in. You can steal my car, but don't steal my discs. Right. <laughs> Insurance company will replace your car. I don't know if they'll replace your discs for you. Probably right. not. And well, actually, I, a lot of the discs in my bag are fairly new, so it's a pretty, pretty right. expensive. Uh, that'd be a pretty. Ex- Expensive theft right there. Oh, yeah. And there's a Zen Disc Golf Mini Marker there. Yeah. yeah. Irreplaceable stuff. I mean. Got my Will Schustrick signed D1. Yeah. In person. Stuff. DG Putthead's bag tag. Yeah. Right. DG Putthead's bag tag. Zen Disc Golf bag tag. Yeah. And I have the uh, DG Putthead's Judge. If you haven't gotten your DG Putthead's Judge or Slammer yet, now's a great time. <laughs> Come check out dgputtheads.com slash store. That's, that's the URL, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go check it out. We we got our fundraiser discs up, so you know, help us out. Uh, help us continue making the podcast. We're we're finally back, by the way. Uh, I don't think we ever mentioned. Hey, it's great to be back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we're so excited about this road trip. Yeah, we went on a little hiatus. Uh, Chris was finishing his masters, and he I learned I learned some things, and he's smarter now. I act like it. <laughs> Yeah. I have glasses on. He has glasses <laughs> Does that count? on. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I got my degree done with school and now hopefully we can get back to a little bit more disc golf. Yeah, I don't think any of us I haven't you know, this I think might be one of the reasons for that first round today, a little bit of the high scores, but 
you know, I texted you guys when I left. I'm like, gosh, I haven't thrown a disc in over a month. <laughs> and I was expecting, you know, I wasn't expecting the response I got, but you guys, I guess, haven't been really playing either. Yeah. So haven't been able to get out as much. I told Tim, hey, that'll level the playing field a little bit because Tim, Tim just crushed us at Flip City last <laughs> yeah. year. It was, it was embarrassing. It was, it was embarrassing last year. Uh, well, I was supposed to, I think Chris took the second round. I took the first round. Yep. I was just so, no, no, or we, we, end up tying we tied the second okay. round, and then at dinner I made a horrible, horrible joke about Orville Redenbacher, just a terrible joke, and I seated, I, I seated my win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told him that he could have the win because my joke was so bad. So <laughs> technically, I think he won both. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I, it must have been an awful joke because I don't even remember it. Was it <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Uh, I think it was something about it's called the Redenbacher because they used to put popcorn on the burger. Oh, I, uh, something. I guess it it's not worth remembering. No, it's yeah. not. It probably wasn't worth repeating. No. Uh, <laughs> so speaking, we're talking about discs. Um, what do you guys think your MVP disc of the day? What, what was your best disc that saved your bacon? Uh, you used it a lot. Saved my bacon. Yeah. I, you know, I had really good bacon on the chicken sandwich that we had. At, at <laughs> that was good bacon. Yes. What was that place called again? Uh, Radius. 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 Yeah. It, was yeah. Kind of, it wasn't Radius like an Emporia, which is another quality place to go. Okay. Um, but uh, it was good nonetheless. Yeah, they had some live music going on, of course, on the inside while we were sitting we were, outside. We were shunned to the outside. In August, freezing. Cause it's, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was, it was cool. 63 degrees today in August. Right. So that was, that was uh, I think it was a blessing in disguise because the course we were on, I think if it was warmer, it was a lot mosquito of mosquitoes yeah. Yeah. that would have been out and they weren't, which was nice. So Yeah. Yeah, so MVP disc, um, well, yeah. I think it'd be, uh, for me, it'd be the Patriot. I really expected the TUI to, um, to be my MVP disc, but honestly, it wasn't the disc, it was me. I was throwing the TUI very poorly on my mm -hmm. uh, approach. I, it, it putted great, but you know, I tried throwing in a couple long shots and it kind of dived. But the uh, the Patriot, um, I think I've mentioned this one before that the Patriot is the old leopard mold, the pre-berry leopard mold, and I've been throwing it again lately. Rodney got that for me, the birthday present last year or something I think like that. So. Christmas and day, yeah, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. Been able to flip it up and uh, throw a bunch of straight shots right down the fairway, or I've been able to uh, do the the late the late fade or the late turn, which is you know you've talked about that uh, late turn, how it's a really important shot to have and it's it's hard to master. I think that, um, oh, and overhand. I threw a oh, lot yeah. of overhand with it. So you did throw a lot of overhand today. You know, we talked about how there were some tight fairways and there were some trees in inopportune areas. So at every chance I got, I, uh, I threw an overhand. I got into trouble a couple of times in the woods, and um, I picked up my, I picked up the Patriot, and I said, guys, the Leopard is one of the best, or Leopard, Patriot, whatever you want to call it, uh, one of the best overhand discs ever made. Threw it up and parked it next to the we, basket. We kind of, I gave Tim a look, like, yeah, whatever. And then uh, Chris's shot almost went in. Yeah, and then it, the funny thing is, is as soon as he says that, I find myself in the woods needing to throw an overhand. I'm like, well, I'm going to put that to the test. And sure enough. But it rested threw, on the pole. Yeah, right? it was like right next to the basket. So, it was. And so uh, if you need to throw an overhand out there, try a little bit more. I think people tend to, like Chris said, they tend to go to the overstable plastic too much. And, mm -hmm. You know, throw an understable disc overhand and, and see how it treats you. They'll, they'll kind of turn a little bit quicker and yep. and uh, come more kind of more straight down. Yeah. So, the yeah. leopard and the beast in particular, I've found to be very accurate. They 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 turn a lot. They move. But they're consistent. They're consistent yeah, and they're deadly accurate. You put it up and you know where it's going to move and it lands and it lands nicely. Yeah. 
What about you guys? What uh, what was your most valuable disc of the? As you run? say that, I think that I'm thinking that it's interesting because some courses, like the home course, um, which is a great course, but even Flip City, you know, I find myself in different courses. I'll keep reaching for one disc over mm-hmm. and over again, and I didn't find that today. Yeah, I, I, threw, I didn't either. I threw a lot of I threw a lot of leopards leopard threes off the tee. I threw my trespass a bunch of times. I threw some mids, I threw my convict, I mean, I threw mm-hmm. a lot of different discs, but I, I have to say, just because A, it's my favorite disc, and B, um, I had a killer deuce with it from, I don't know, probably 60, 70 feet oh, out. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was my pure, again, once again, comes through, and, good approaches, yeah. um, good in the woods, good a couple times off the tee, um, there's about a 400, what was that, a 430, 440 foot hole, um, where I put my trespass close, but I don't know how far that was, but... 75 mm-hmm. feet away, something yeah. like that, and then threw in uh, with the pure. So I, you, you must have that, at least so. been 90 feet out, maybe yeah, 100. Yeah, that was awesome. great. It was an awesome shot with the pure. Yeah, it, it, it worked out well. So I'd have to say the pure, but that's, that, gosh, you could ask me on any <laughs> any day, and I think that there's a 9 out of 10 chance that I'm going to tell you the pure is <laughs> the pure, yeah. that day. So. That makes yeah. sense. I know that's been a staple of your bag. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say enough about it. It's one of those discs where... You know, I listened to the, you know, Rodney, Rodney, for those out there who can't see us because we're in the podcast, is sporting the, the disc golf podcast. That's right. Um, Throw stuff at stuff. So uh, <laughs> I know they talk a lot about this, which is, you know, if the disc keeps going right, it's you, it's not the disc. And uh, yeah. I feel that way about the pure. I'll give people the pure sometimes. They're like, oh, it just turns over on me. I'm like, oh, if you could just throw it right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love the disc. It's not the disc. I you, promise you. If you, it's you throw not the it poorly, disc. it's going to perform but, poorly. But yeah, it's nice. It's one of those. It's one of those discs that once you dial in, um, it's 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 a hell of a disc. And you, I mean, I can throw it as far as I can throw a buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get it on an anti line. I can throw it on a hyzer. I can throw it straight. I putt with it. And, and so, somehow every approach shot that you throw with that mm-hmm. lands near the basket. And just curls. Yeah, it does. Yeah. If I do that with any disc, it's going to land and roll away or skip and bounce away. But yours just lands there, it bites, it curls, and it hits five foot, whatever. It's so pretty it's, amazing. Yep. It's a good disc. It's a good disc. And it's, and it's one of the discs, too, I, I, I think um, I've had it in my bag so long. That it's just, it, it's just, I'm confident when I grab right. it. And I really wish I could get to that point with it. There's a few. Um, in my bag that I've had now for a long time, and it's nice to be able to go back to this. Like I'll go back to the trespass a lot, or I'll go back to the pure a lot, um, just because I've had them for so long. Right. It's nice to have a disc like that. That's a lot yeah. part of it. So when you're changing your discs all the time, you just never build a relationship like that. So, but what about That's you? Would you throw? Would you throw? Oh, uh, you know. So, when when we were between rounds, I was looking through my bag to see if I needed to change anything, and I went disc by disc, and I threw all of them during the course of that first round, except for the uh, T-Bird 3 mm-hmm. that I, I like, and I use that a lot. And I actually use that a lot in the second round. So I used every disc several times, but uh, for me, I, I'd go with the putter as well. I, I had a lot of long putts and a lot of that went in and a lot of long yeah. ones that were close. Uh, you know, if you, if you ring chains and it doesn't go in from 60 feet, it's still a pretty good putt. And mm-hmm. so... Um, normally I, I'm a judge putter, but those long ones I've been really liking the deputy, and that was going in today. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you hit what three or four? Yeah, real really nice, long ones. Yeah. Long ones, yeah, so that that was exciting. That that made my round feel better. Um, 
I I'd vote for your leopard three. You were throwing the, the leopard three on fire with that. That yeah. would be it. That one's hard for me because it, I I have now thrown it like ten times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I threw it really well. Uh, I always thought leopard with the numbers. You look at the numbers, and we talked about this a little on the course, Tim. That mm-hmm. um, this thing should turn over and end up you know, 90 degrees right of where I'm standing uh, based on those numbers. We talk about stupid numbers, but uh, really the leopard is, uh, it goes straight for a long time and then it has just this nice turn that it adds in and it glides. And then Chris always talks about the, the turn of the leopard and then the fate of it makes it kind of even out and continue on that heading right line. And, I got that several times that flight today, so uh, uh, that was a much needed disc. That understable, um, something that you needed to be able to throw with control, so not balls out as hard as you can throw. Mm-hmm. But you had to have some control, so that was also a good disc. I found it interesting how you know our home course Birchfield is pretty wide open, and even on the when it, in the tight areas, it's not as tight as some of the lines that we had today, as most of the lines we had today. Right. And I simply don't use the Patriot or the Leopard uh, on our home uh-huh. course. Rarely do I use it, but I pulled out the Patriot probably five times each round at least, probably more, including the overhands. Right. Yeah, that was, I, I, we all pulled out the either the Patriot or the Leopard 3 um, mm-hmm. more than a few times. Yeah, for sure. The leopard. There were a lot of leopards flying today, so that that's, uh, that, that was that was interesting. And that's that's uh, you know that speaks to the I guess, I guess you know the, the the quality of the of the design of the course and the that yeah you know there was a out of twenty four holes there were a good eight holes that you needed to to finish right mm-hmm. you know, and that that's when those leopards came out and there was a couple where you just needed to be maybe uphill and straight. Yeah, so I would throw that that understable yep. disc, you know, uphill to get a little extra distance that way. But uh, it was, you know, I guess looking back in retrospect, because to be honest, I walked off the course and I thought that was a real nice, a real nice course in the park, and it's it's, it's right. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared to give it rave reviews, but looking back and then thinking about what we threw, I mean, that says a lot about the course and the course mm-hmm. design. If we all threw everything in our bag. And, and right. it required a lot of shots from us. Maybe it's you know, a little better than I maybe was giving it credit for. I think what I really liked is it almost had the old school design feel where it challenged mm-hmm. you with different shots. It, it had a lot of deadly straight shots, right and left shots, had good mix of elevation. I think what I didn't like was there there were a lot of times where the obstacles just seemed like they didn't add much to the, to right. the hole. Mm-hmm. For sure. Where there were times where the hole itself following the fairway would have been a great design, but then there were trees that got in the way that made it very difficult to even play a fair round. It, it mm-hmm. got to the point where it was almost luck. I mean, well, on the last round, I had three or four real lucky bounces off trees. You did. And just absurdly lucky that kept my score down. There were some design There were some design issues. I mean, one of the things that I look for, uh, and one thing I really love about a home course, is when you have the long holes, when mm-hmm. you have the 500-foot, 600-foot holes where... You know, there's that one that just punched us all in the face. The first time. <laughs> Number ten. Um, where <laughs> Uncle you know, if, if it's just throw and kind of hope that maybe you have a second shot and there's really no dedicated landing areas, I'm not as big a fan of that as when the course designer 
um, and Chuck Kennedy, who designed our home course, did a great job of this, where there's specific spots on the way to the basket which you need to land your disc to have uh -huh. a shot. And as I looked at some of these fairways, it really didn't matter where you had you landed. You just kind of had a poke and hope shot from there. Yeah. Yep. And then maybe even a second poke and hope shot after that. There wasn't really a dedicated, you know, a really well thought out plan of right. attack for the hole. So well, specifically yeah. number 10, a little downhill to start with, and then it goes back uphill. And a, a good drive, we thought, mm -hmm. coming around the second time was a 350 foot uh, overstable. So it doesn't even have to, it's not really a hyzer. There's not enough room to do a massive hyzer bomb or anything. You're just throwing a nice hyzer out there that turns left. So Chris threw that, and then you ended up being in the fairway, but entirely blocked right. on your second and third shot. And so those are difficult. I don't remember number 10. Number 10 is the, the <laughs> hole that the second time around, uh, there were two deer mm -hmm. in the fairway. Oh, okay. And yeah, that was, I thought that was nine. You said, should we go clear the deer out? And, <laughs> and, and uh, I said, no, they'll be, they'll be fine. And you said, how about this? Aim at them. You never hit what you aim at. And, and then you almost hit the deer. It was a foot away from the thing. And the silly thing was... It was a mom and two fawns, and they never even bothered. They barely looked up. They're just so used to people being by. No. We walked within about 15 feet of them. Right. And they just stood there yeah, eating their crab apples. Yeah. Pretty sure if we would have had a, a crab apple off that tree, they would have eaten it. Oh, yeah, man, I think so. That's pretty crazy. Uh, but that, that's that hole. And that was yeah, where okay. uh, your your friend, we found your friend. <laughs> Uncle Stubbs. <laughs> Uncle Stubbs. <laughs> there was, I won't get into the details, but there was a <laughs> raccoon that was... Um, past his prime in the middle of the fairway, and his legs were missing. Missing. Almost missing. What you, would you say, the record mafia? Yeah, the record mafia is alive and well in Indiana. Um, just don't, don't cross him. I think he might have, Stubbs might have had some gambling debts he didn't yeah, pay. for sure. Uh, from the looks of him. <laughs> or he so. complained about whole 10. Yeah. He was, he was out as an example to the rest of the, the raccoons. To, yeah. The whole sure 10 that. was another one where I, I used the Patriot on an overhand, I said, forget these trees. Oh, I, yeah. over and and I almost felt like it was cheating because I went over everything. It was, <laughs> that was pretty not good. a finesse shot at all. I just lobbed in there and it worked. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I think I liked I liked the whole, the course. And I, I liked the layout for the most part. There were probably maybe two, maybe three confusing areas, but for the most mm -hmm. part, the, the flow was pretty good. We pretty much knew where we were supposed to go. Yeah. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. A couple of really neat just artifacts that uh, were built out there. I thought that they did. Mm -hmm. nice, yeah. uh, That's one of the cool things about Flip City was anybody who's not familiar, you should look up pictures online when they had all those cairns. Yeah. You know, there were there were a thousand rock cairns out there. <laughs> I mean, just it's, stacks upon stacks. Upon it's so much draws you in. How, yeah, many, how many times did you stack some rocks? Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, that's what you do when you're, you're waiting on a hole or, right. or something else to throw. You just add another rock to the stack. But what was cool to me is that, you know, unfortunately, you put up a disc golf course and then it's a fight against vandalism. You know, and yeah. it's, a, it's a constant battle against people riding on baskets. And at our course, we have a problem lately with people trying to pull down tree limbs that they think are in the way. Oh. They're really part of the hole. Um, push down trees and, and pull out posts and things like that. And the really cool thing about Flip City is here you have literally... No exaggeration, there was a thousand rock cairns out there. Yeah. yeah. At, at least. And big ones, small ones, little tiny ones. 
And there wasn't a single rock heron that was knocked over. I didn't see mm-hmm. that in that whole day in two rounds. Right. I didn't see a single one that looked like it had been knocked over or pushed or anything. Right. It was a total thing that all of the disc golfers took care of and really cared for. Well, yeah, the few um, that we hit with a disc, mm-hmm. you know, you almost felt bad. So you <laughs> right. it really quickly. Yeah. And, no, I mean, it was, you know, it was a stressful crazy. moment there. Yeah, it was, it was great. And, and uh, you know, there were a couple of cool little things at this course, but you know, I don't know that you can, you can really have too much of that stuff at a lot of courses. Right. Um, yeah. The other thing that I really would appreciate that, you know, it was weird that how many different tee pads were on this course. That you know, had rubber tee pads and pavers and small yeah. pavers and large pavers. Was, we got to hole number seven and there was uh, in tile, the number seven was in the tee pad. Rodney's looking down. Was, was this on all the tee right. pads before? Did it take me seven holes to realize that they engraved this? And you guys yeah. said, no, I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. No, but it was the first one. The, the first few were yeah. just uh, cement tee pads with a little extra brick at the pavers mm-hmm. at the end just to give it length. And then they started putting some of the numbers on there. Those, uh, right. I, I didn't really think about that. There were a lot of different types of Well, there were a lot of them that weren't flat. That's another, it's just a, it's a pet peeve. And, and, and I mm-hmm. get it. There's, you know, tee pads are... They're what they are, and you really, sometimes you rely on the park district to put them in, or the volunteers to put them mm-hmm. in. But yeah, I mean, to have like some of those holes where there's that big downhill hole with the uh, the rubberized, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they built something and coated it with rubber, but it was it was sloping downhill, and, and it was in an area it, it was wet today. Yeah, and it was so. a little wet, and and so it was really it, it didn't give you a lot of confidence in your footing. Right. Um, but I'd really like to see. You know, I think that course, one of the, the, a lot of impact we made if they just go and put the same tee pad on every hole and make sure they're all level. And con- right. concrete's good. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of throwing from the uh, little brick paper. Made, they look really yeah. cool, but a couple times we threw uh, from those, and I felt like my foot was going to lock, mm-hmm. my knee was going to twist, and I was going to end up uh, sitting out for the rest of the round. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Wasn't a fan of those. Wasn't a fan of the uh, whatever that rubbery mesh stuff was down. And I understand why you have to do that kind of sure, stuff. Sure. Uh, safety or deterioration or whatever. But uh, yeah. So. Well, and, you know the, other, the 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 flip side of that is a lot of times when you see that that means that the park district has said we're happy for you guys to have a disc golf course out here, but you're going to have to do all the work. So mm-hmm. a lot of times that's the local club. Right. And I definitely don't want to come across as knocking on the local club because. You know that that was clearly done by volunteers. Yeah. Um, and to have a 24-hole course with which is which was as good as this course was, um, so all the tee pads were different. I mean, that's really yeah. that's really yeah that's really nitpicking. It's cool that clearly people went out and cared enough to put decent-sized tee pads. And that was actually something on the Flip City that I didn't necessarily like because their tee pads are relatively small. Is that That's right? right. And they, weren't they the, what, the, the phallic-shaped? <laughs> yes, they, they, they had phallic-shaped. The, 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 the rounding at the end, and they, they basically, they had a line painted on, so you, you knew the not foot, to step the across the line. line. And then, which, those were, at least, that's nice, because there's always that dirt pit at the end, mm-hmm. especially when we play in the winter, and it's always a mud pit at the end of the, the tee. Right. But, uh, yeah, a couple of those were interesting. I, the design element that I'm not a huge fan of, even though you see it out there on uh, the, the pro tour as well. Uh, we played in and around and across several roads today. Mm-hmm. Now, there's park roads, but uh, there was nothing official, but we played any.
anything in the road as out of bounds mm-hmm. uh, today, and that hurt us a few times here and there. You know what almost hurt was we were on one of the last holes, <laughs> 23, I think, and there's a road that goes in front of the basket, right? And there's a hill just before that, yeah, so you can't, can't see. see. And then, and I had thrown, um, I had thrown off the right, and the road curves back and goes and turns. So you kind of kind of blind shot back. And a blind shot, and these guys are up on the hill talking and not telling me that cars are coming. <laughs> so I fired my Buzz OS, and luckily I hit a tree branch and it dropped I'm down just before I <laughs> <laughs> almost hit a car. But yeah. uh, somebody ran over my. I threw my crush, my my main ESP crush, which they don't even make anymore. Threw it in the road and. Some somebody drove over it. Got a tire mark on it now. I don't think she did it. On purpose. No, no, I she didn't do it on purpose. But it, it still it didn't, doesn't make it, it doesn't make it hurt any less. My but she didn't put it in reverse and <laughs> no. <laughs> in my mind, she was going five miles an hour and swerved to make sure she hit it. <laughs> she was probably texting while. Uh, no, it wasn't her fault. It was my fault for throwing it in the road. And yeah. she blew disc. She's it's hard to see. But. Didn't get there in time. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of throwing across the road. Uh, is it hole 19? The the hole with the culvert that we uh, talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that one's almost all road. And yeah, it's they, all road, and then right behind the, the basket's parking lot with cars in it. Right. And that there was a car that was that's for the skate park. Mm-hmm. Pretty close, but uh, so we played that kind of as an island hole with uh, mm-hmm. little side inlets or something. But uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I just stresses me out throwing down the road. Yeah, not a big and, deal. You know, I this is it's probably stupid, but I always I always worry about my discs landing on cement and sliding and getting the bottom right. scuffed up. Right. And yeah. I think one of the big reasons is that the Excalibur, the Star Excalibur that you now throw. Right. When I was throwing that, I threw it at um, I can't I can't remember where I threw it somewhere over the road, and it hit the pavement, and there's a big scuff on the side. And it was right under the lip, and if I grab it wrong, I'll, my hands will be right on it. So I, you know, you got to make sure you don't throw it in, right. in that one area. And I think that's, uh, I think that scarred me. Yeah. <laughs> scarred my disc, scarred me. Overall, I think you know, kind of talking about the trip as a whole, it was a good course to warm up for tomorrow, though. Yeah. I, I've been to London Lake before, I know you guys haven't, but it's, uh, it was a good course to kind of start the trip on. It was challenging and fun, but it wasn't too it wasn't too punishing. I didn't feel like it was punching me in the face right too mm-hmm. often. Um, a couple times, but my fault more than the course's fault. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was nice. And then Lemon Lake is nice because it's it's another course where it's a nice mix of there's a short course and there's a, a couple of there's three park style courses and then two courses in the woods, some really long bomb holes, some really tight wooded holes. So. I feel good having not played for the last month, um, heading into Lemon Lake tomorrow and ready to play. Um, yeah, I think so, so in general. I, I think my uh, my back doesn't feel good. I'm pretty pretty <laughs> stiff right now. Yeah. But besides that, I think you're right. That was a good good warm up. Um, it challenged me on a lot of shots I hadn't thrown in a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there were a couple. I actually tried one roller, but there are a couple of those holes that if you have a roller, it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. But um, fortunately, it's not something that we're forced to work on when, on the courses that we play normally. So right. mm-hmm. uh, it really did require the, every type of shot out there. So uh, definitely a good warm up. Um, tomorrow, we're excited. Is there a disc golf museum there? Is that what it is? 
There's a, yeah, they call it a disc golf museum. There's, I don't know, five or seven kind of display cases with stuff in them, with pictures and some steady ed stuff, I believe. And then there's, you know, a Frisbee's pie tin that I know is in there. Okay. Um, some stuff like that. And they've got a, a reasonable assortment pro shop and a place to get food. And the, the, the folks who run the London Lake Flight Center are, are really nice. They're a really nice couple. Um, and uh, they've been doing it forever. And they, they really do a lot at that course to make people feel welcome. So it's, it's kind of cool. Good. And it's nice to be able to have a place to buy some drinks and buy some mm-hmm. snacks and, mm-hmm. and pick up some food. And, and uh, you know, it's not quite a clubhouse at a golf course, but it's, yeah. uh, it's nice. And have five courses on the same property. You know, it's a dedicated disc golf park. Um, I know they're hosting Am Worlds next year. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, it's either Amworlds or Pro Worlds next year. Uh, so they're they're hosting. I know they've hosted the uh, the Pro Doubles um, championships a couple of times. So and I know that they've had Amworlds there before. So it's a it's a quality disc golf complex, um, and it's and it's an example of of what you can do with a good piece of property. Mm-hmm. There's five. There's five. There's a red, a white, and a blue, which are all kind of park style courses. Um, each the white one's kind of a shorter course, shorter course, a little bit easier. Um, the red course is kind of intermediate, and then there's a blue level course. So it's definitely, you know, and that's I think that's the, the color coding that PDJ uses when they design courses. There's red level, white okay. level, red level, blue level, then there's gold sense. level courses. Um, and they have a silver and a gold course that's back in the woods, which is really the same course, but just drastically different tees. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the gold course there is one of my favorite courses I've ever played. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, because cool. it's got uh, got a lot of holes in the woods. It's got a lot of elevation. There's a lake. Um, there you come. You play out of the woods, and then you play long holes that are open, and then shoot back into the woods. And then you'll come out at one point, and I want to say it's a 1,200-foot hole going one way. That's wow. just, you know, just a huge hole, and then it's another real long hole coming back, and then you're right back into the woods. Um, so I really, really enjoy running like quite a bit. It's a, it's a fun place to play. Our club has uh, had several, uh, we've had several what we call club challenges there where all the local disc golf clubs get together and kind of face off against each other and send, you know, teams of people. And we've had that going on like a couple of years now. Um, but it's a, it's a great place and, you know, it's a good example of, I mean, it's in the middle of, you know, sorry folks from Indiana, it's in the middle of Podunk, Indiana. <laughs> um, it's a good example of it's, we, we, I think both of us, we drove three hours to get here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to be one night in a hotel, but you know, if you really want to, you can take pretty much any weekend or any three day weekend and jump in the car and. I would imagine that most people in the country, within a few hour drive of where they are, there's some place that's worth going some to. Some sort of destination. Yeah. Yeah. You, get, you know, whether we get two rounds in tomorrow or three rounds in tomorrow, you get four or five rounds in two days. And uh, you get dedicated disc golf, you get time where you're not, you, know, you don't have to go home and mow the lawn that night. Or, right. Know, so it's a, it's a good example so um, of, of what you can do if you do want to take a road trip. And not necessarily drive to Emporia, Kansas. Although I will <laughs> recommend if you, <laughs> you want to go someplace, you can go to Emporia. I went last year. I took a ton of road trips. I went to Emporia. I went to Des Moines, Iowa. I went to Kansas City. Um, I have to give a shout out to Kansas City. It's the 
hands down the best place I've ever played disc golf. Really? So I go cool. back. I, I go back and spend a week in Kansas City and <laughs> still don't think I and not think I played enough disc golf. That yeah, great, it's, huh? It's fantastic. Yeah, there's wow. there's there's five or six courses that are just just top notch. So, um, and they're all different character. That's so cool. We've got everything from what they call Rosedale Down Under, which is like this really cool carved out. You could play it with mids and putters, but it's super cool. It's down in the woods, and there's mm-hmm. ravines, like huge ravines and, <laughs> and rocks, and it's super challenging. And then there's Rosedale up top, which is around the outside of that. And then you've got uh, Blue something. I can't remember. <laughs> huge. Just huge course. I mean, 600 feet every hole. 600 wow. feet, 500 feet, 800 feet. Do you have any idea what the total length of that course is? At like 50 miles, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all up and down these big giant hills, right. up and down and up and down. Oh, and then cool. there's Swope Park, which is a great park style course. And then you've got Waterworks, which is a yeah a world renowned course. It's mm-hmm. it's just phenomenal. And and uh, we've got all of this in Kansas City with great food, and and it's a cool city on top of it. And it, it's just a it's a I can't see if anybody's lives close to this look at the place and take a disc golf road trip. I can't recommend Kansas City enough. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess since I'm wearing their shirt anyway, do you want to talk about what you're drinking there, Chris? Oh yeah. So one of the one of the cool things about road trips, of course, is I think Tim already mentioned is uh, experiencing local local culture. And you know, we we went and found the we originally tried to go to one burger place, and it was just like a 45 minute wait. So. What was that one called? Stacks? Stacks. Stacks. Yeah, Stacks Burn. It so felt really up, good in there. It did. It yeah. looked really neat. And we ended up going to uh, Teradius. So, you know, we walked around a little bit. Uh, one of the things that we made sure we did was um, I wanted to bring Tim, uh, I wanted to bring him one or two Michigan beers that I've tried. So I brought him an Oberon from Bells, and uh, I've drank a lot of Dark Horse. So I picked up a Dark Horse along the way, but I wanted to try some of the Indiana beers. And we picked up what was it, three three Floyds was it three Floyds three mm-hmm. Floyds uh, picked up Zombie Dust which I didn't know anything about but I I love IPAs and uh, apparently Zombie Dust is pretty rare and very very mm-hmm. popular so we picked up uh, a six pack of Zombie Dust and I gotta say I'm very impressed um, I I can't. Uh, I don't think I can do it justice like Disc Golf Podcast does. I should probably be reviewing the Discraft Zombie along with it. Right. But for what it's worth, a great IPA, good balance, very, very hoppy. But it's it's been neat to try the the local beers. We got a um, got a cream ale from Bloomington, Indiana. Um, pretty decent. So we've been we've been sampling the local culture and then we've got a uh, one there's another we got another cream ale in the in the fridge. And it's it's been fun to uh, it's been fun to test Test it out. We we went into a, a, a liquor store that we craft brew and liquor store, and they I think they you said they had what 500 oh, beers five, over 500 over yeah. 500 different beers, and the great thing was the people there knew everything about every beer there. <laughs> there just walls and walls of local craft beers. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. Tim, what what do you think of Zombie Dust? I've, it's actually the second time I've had it, so it's it's good. I'm not a huge IPA fan. Um, but this is pretty good. It's got a little bit of that citrus to it that the good IPA has. Um, it's very hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's definitely, if you don't like hops, you wouldn't like this. But um, it's one of those, for me, IPAs, the, 
and not that we're on our fourth and fifth, because we're not. No, we're but, on, I think we're still on our first, the, the, yeah, first the, and a half. The third and fourth tend to taste better to me than the first couple. <laughs> and the first time I had zombie dust, I think we, we did we did each kill a six-pack of it um, in mm. the evening. And I, I can tell you the fourth, fifth, and sixth one were definitely, definitely <laughs> enjoyable. But um, not being an IPA fan and actually being able to have more than one, it's, it's, it's for me, that's a compliment to the beer. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I drink beer that would normally make your your traditional, your traditional, but your hardcore kind of microbrew guys kind of turn their nose up. So <laughs> you know, you go, why are you drinking that flavored water? Yeah. Um, so it's uh, I don't usually drink the full flavored beers like this, but I appreciate it. It's it's awesome. I appreciate you picking them up. It's cool. Oh no problem. So, plus they have some of the best the best three Floyds. It's probably some of my favorite artwork. It is really neat. So it's it's super cool. I'll see if I can get a picture of the, the box, the six-pack box that go. came in and posted up. <laughs> yeah. But just sampling the local culture has been great. Not that Indiana culture is that much different from Michigan culture, but you know what I mean? We're <laughs> three hours away. Yeah. The, the local scene, it's, it's been been fun trying, uh, just checking out the local areas and you know, yeah. getting out of the hometown. Nice. You guys have any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Um, I just want to mention... Um, it's been great to have Tim back on the podcast with us. Um, yeah, it's fun. At some point, we'll we'll try to get a hold of Patrick. Um, we miss him, but don't forget he's got his book out. His second book is out. That's Discs and Zen. Right. Yeah. Well, that. Now that uh, you're at school, we can get some of the technology going for having some phone guests and maybe. We yep. Oh, do and some pods every now we're, and then. Right, we're trying. We're working on. Um, we're trying to get the. Uh, audiobook of Discs and Zen. I, actually, Tim, I don't know if you if we mentioned that to you. We're, uh, we told Patrick we're going to record the uh, audiobook for Discs and Zen. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Rodney started uh, yep, doing I've a couple. Yep, I've been doing the reading, and I will say it's a little more difficult at first than you think, but you get into a rhythm, and it goes pretty well. Uh, you know, you just have to understand that there's editing involved when you're going to do it, and mm -hmm. kind of Keep it going. So, uh, hoping to have something over to Patrick at least, so he can approve to us to go forward <laughs> even further. I don't want to spend and do the entire book. And he says, "Guys, this wasn't very good." So, uh, so yeah. Well, I haven't confirmed whether or not he wants us to keep the swear words in or not. Oh yeah, but, yeah. So we should probably get that approved first. Right. Well, we'll let him listen to the edited version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, well, Tim, thanks a lot for joining us. It's uh, yeah, great to be on a blast. disc golf trip with you. Yeah, for sure. It's been fun. And then we'll we'll do Lemon Lake tomorrow, and I guess we won't have a podcast dedicated to Lemon Lake, but we'll we'll get some content out. Yeah, we'll get some content out on there. I have a feeling I have enough energy to just drive home tomorrow night. It's going to be a fun thing, thing, right? Yeah. 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 Right. All right. Well, don't forget. Just throw.